good morning, everyone. It's good to see you all out this morning. Uh, it's been a been a great week. I hope that uh, you guys have had a had a good week. Also, we're going to start in prayer here in just a second. Start our worship. Um, for those of you who who aren't aware, uh, Anna Cram had a uh, had a pretty uh, involved surgery this week, and she made it home yesterday. Um, but she's still in a lot of pain and uh, trying to get that under control. And uh, so I told Kendra that this morning uh, we, would, uh, we would say a special little prayer for, for Anna for her healing. So we'll do that as we get started with worship this morning, okay? You'll bow with me. God, you truly are good. It's great to be here. Great to be amongst your people. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the love that you have for us. I pray this morning as we worship. Uh, that we can sing uh, praise to you that is joyful to your ears. Dear Lord, I pray that as we gather around the table and remember your son Jesus, that uh, we remember the sacrifice that was made for each of us uh, through his body and through his blood. Especially this morning, dear Lord, we want to ask a blessing on Anna Cram. Dear Lord, I pray that you're with her. I pray that she knows that you love her. I pray that you heal her quickly and that you ease her pain. Dear Lord, we love you. And thank you for your son, Jesus. It's so great to be able to, uh, to come to you and, and lift things to you each and every day. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. Oh, you gave to me. 
Scripture reading this morning is from John 4, 20 through 24. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is, for, is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father and the Spirit in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in the Spirit in the truth. all bow and pray together most merciful and gracious heavenly father we come to you now thankful that we have this day set aside to worship and praise you and recharge our batteries for the coming week we pray that you will be with Anna and that the surgery will be successful and that you will her pain will subside and she will recover quickly <clears throat> Please be with those others that are on our prayer list, some that are homebound and not feeling well, that you'd restore their health, that they could once again get out and assemble with us and worship and praise you. Pray that you'll be with the speaker today, that you will move him and move us to be better <coughs> representatives for your kingdom here on this earth. We thank you for this country in which we live where we can assemble and worship freely and pray that we, that will never be infringed upon. We love you and thank you for saving us and sending your son to do so. In Jesus' name, amen. You are beautiful beyond description to marvelous for words, to wonderful for comprehension. 
mansion like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned I can safely go anywhere he leads me in this world below anywhere without him dearest joy would fade anywhere with Jesus I am not afraid anywhere anywhere fear I cannot know anywhere with Jesus I can safely go Anywhere with Jesus I am not alone. Other friends may fail me, he is still my home. Though his hand may lead me over drearest ways, anywhere with Jesus is a house of praise. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere with Jesus over land and sea, telling souls in darkness of salvation free. Ready as he summons me to go or stay. Anywhere with Jesus when he points the way. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. Anywhere with Jesus I can go to sleep. When the darkening shadows round about me creep. Knowing I shall wake and never more to roam. Anywhere with Jesus will be home, sweet home. Anywhere, anywhere, fear I cannot know. Anywhere with Jesus I can safely go. O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you. In heaven or earth below. O Lord God of Israel, there's no God like you. In 
spring is coming 
when um, we uh, see some of the trees starting to bud out and the daffodils are up and some of them burst open and uh, maybe see a robin. The sun starts to feel warm on your face again and, uh, and staying light longer. And especially when you hear peepers, you know spring. You know spring is coming. And uh, after a cold, dark winter, it feels so refreshing to have springtime. And, and you know, we had spring last year, and we experienced the spring the year before that, and the year before that, and this spring is a lot like those other springs. But then when it comes, it feels brand new again. When you first see the, the daffodils, you know it's springtime, and it feels new and refreshing. We took communion last week, and we did it the week before, and we did it the week before that, and we're ready to, to do that now. And it's a lot like we did last week and the week before, but after a long, hard week, it's uh, new and refreshing again. We have an opportunity again to take, take um, communion again. Um, no matter what the world may have thrown at us this past week, whether it's good, whether it's sorrowful, worries or troubles, it's past. The past week is past, and now it's a brand new day, a brand new time, a brand new opportunity to remember the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and to feel a renewal of our closeness to him and to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us another brand new chance to renew our commitment to a Christian life in your service. We pray your blessing on the bread in Christ's name. Amen. Let's continue our prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing on the fruit of the vine that helps us look forward to the time when you will make all things new again. 
In Christ's name, amen. If you would, stand for me for these next couple songs. Stand with me for these next couple songs. Last week, uh, some of us were uh, away uh, down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, worshiping down this time of the morning. Actually, before this time of the morning, because we're usually on the road by this time of the morning. But um, we got the opportunity to worship uh, down in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, with about seven or 8,000 youth and college students, and it was just awesome. Um, We did, uh, it was really neat um, on Saturday night during one of our worship times. um, This is something I'd never been part of, but we did something called Sing Through Jesus's Life. And we started out, uh, I think there were four or five songs, and we started out with Joy to the World. And then uh, we ended with Up from the Grave He Arose. But there were several several songs in between there. This was one of them. Um, This is a song that um, I used to sing a lot when I was a kid, and it brings back a lot of uh, a lot of great memories, but this kind of tells the story of what Jesus is about and what he is to us, and um, it was just a really, really touching time last week when we did that. Maybe if I get, uh, do a little bit of research and get a little more gumption, maybe sometime we can do that, sing through Jesus's life, but it was just a really neat Uh, atmosphere to be in, and this was one of those songs, so if you know this, sing out with me. There is a name I love to hear, I love to sing its words. 
earth it sounds like music in my ear, the sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus, because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. It tells me of His precious love, the sinner's perfect plea. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because He first loved me. It tells of one whose loving heart can feel my deepest woe, who in any sorrow bears a heart that none can bear below. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. We'll use this song to send uh, the children off to children's Bible time this morning. And we'll have Dave's lesson after this song. Hallelujah, praise Jehovah. From the heavens, praise his name. Praise Jehovah in the highest. All ye angels, praise, proclaim. All his hosts together praise him, sun and moon and stars on high. Praise him, O ye heavens, and ye floods above the sky. Let them praise his gift, Jehovah, for his name alone is high, and his glory. Is exalted and his glory is exalted and his glory is exalted far above the earth and sky. Let them praises give Jehovah, they were made at his command, then forever he is that. His decree shall ever stand From the earth, O oh, praise Jehovah All ye floods, ye dragons all Fire and hail and snow and vapor Stormy winds that hear him call Let them praise his gift, Jehovah For his name alone is high, and his glory is exalted, and his glory is exalted, and his glory is exalted, far above the earth and sky. All ye fruitful trees and cedars, all ye hills and mountains high, creeping things and beasts 
sunshine. I'm glad to be here to be able to speak with you again this morning. Uh, while Jamie's away with the college group, keep them in your prayers. Uh, hopefully they're having a, a good experience and a good uh, time uh, being together and, and worshiping God. We thank you for all those that are out here listening uh, on the air. We appreciate you being here too. This morning I'm going to talk about continue to talk about be real and this morning real worship for a real God when we think of God there are only two alternatives God is real or God is not real God exists or God does not exist there are no other options when you think of God when you think of your life, when you think of your worship with God, do you think of him as real? Is he as real as the chairs in front of you? Is he real as the, the life that we see around us? In Romans 1, Paul says God can be clearly seen in what is made. When we, when we look out at creation, we should see God and realize that God is real. Do you see him as real in your life? The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They're corrupt. Their ways are vile. There is no one who does good. God looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand any who seek God. Of course, the idea that God does not exist, that he's not real, that's not a good thing. That's, God says, the fool says that. Because we see, we should be able to see in our lives, in our surroundings, in everything that we are, we should see that God is real. We must believe God is real. We must seek God since he is real. If God is real, then our worship must be real as well. Real worship for a real God. We don't have the option of not giving real worship. Real worship 
comes from the heart. Real worship comes from inside us. Real worship is not just coming and sitting here for an hour and singing a few songs and, and listening to a preacher. Worship is changing us, or it should be changing us. Does it change you? The scripture reading this morning is also from last week, and this is kind of a, a rift on what I did last week as well with Be Real. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of the worshipers the gods that the God the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The people who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. If the spirit isn't moving in you, if the spirit isn't moving in your heart, if the spirit isn't asking you and pleading with you to change and to be better and to be a better follower of God, then your worship is, is not real worship. God wants us to really seek him, to really be real in our worship to him. So when we talk about real worship, what do we worship? What is the point? What is the focus what is the meaning of our lives? Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jediah, daughter of Adiah. She was from Bozkath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely in the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Josiah was one of the kings uh, in Israel. Uh, the kings, when we read 1 Kings, 2 Kings, it says either the kings did what is right in the eyes of God, or it says they did not do what is right in the eyes of God. So Josiah was one of those kings who was a good king. He did what was right. He had God in his heart. He had the spirit in his heart. He wanted to do what was right. In 2 Kings chapter 22, beginning in verse 10, we read, Then Shaphan the secretary informed the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read from it in the presence of the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahakam son of Shaphan, Akbor, son of Micaiah, Shaphan, the secretary, and Isaiah, the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance 
with all that is written there concerning us. So Josiah was in his 18th year at this point. He was 26 years old. He'd been ruling for 18 years at this point. And when there was some of the priests were working in the temple, they found this book. They found the book of the law. They found the book of the covenant. So they gave it to, the, to, the, uh, to Shaphan, and he read it in the presence of the king. Josiah had a good heart and wanted to follow God. And when he heard this, he tore his robes. For 18 years, things had been status quo. For 18 years from the time that Josiah became king to this point here, things were status quo. Now, what was the status quo? They were worshiping idols. There were male prostitutes in the temple. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to Molech, which was a, a, a foreign god. They were not worshiping God in truth. They were worshiping all kinds of other things, all kinds of other gods. For 18 years, this had been happening. Nobody thought about it. Nobody did anything. Nobody changed. But when Josiah heard the words of the book, when he heard the words of the law, he said, something's wrong. We've got to change. This is not right. All that's gone on before, all these years that have gone on before are wrong. God is angry with us. So when they found the book, Josiah tore his clothes and said, hey, we've got to do something different. Starting in Second uh, Kings 22, verse 16. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and his people, according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made, my anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard. Because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, that they would become a curse and be laid waste, and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. This had gone on for so long in, in, in Judah and in Israel that God said, you're still going to go into captivity. There is punishment for this. But he said, Josiah, I have heard you. And in part, Josiah was able to go to God in peace. Uh, he finished out his, his rule and he, and he finished up in peace and went on to be with God. But the people were still going to go into captivity. In 2 Kings chapter 23, starting in verse 1, Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. 
He went up to the temple of the Lord with the people of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood, in the, stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and statutes and decrees with all his heart and with all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. The people repented, and probably some of them turned to God, but their everyday worship, what they were doing, didn't change that much. Now, Second uh, Kings goes on to tell how many things Josiah tore down, how many altars he tore down, what he did to try to cleanse Judah of this, per, this bad worship. But it still wasn't enough because for many years the people had worshipped what they wanted. They'd worshipped the way they wanted, not how God wanted. They'd worshipped things that they wanted to worship. They worshipped what was comfortable. They worshipped not according to what God had said. Going over to Acts chapter 17 and starting in verse 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, People of Athens, I see that you are in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from any of us. The people in Athens worshipped many gods. I've talked in classes about how the Roman people, when they would take in another group, when they would conquer a people, they would add whatever gods those people worshipped to the gods that they worshipped. And the people here at the Areopagus, they just loved hearing about all the gods and all the different ways to worship. So they worshiped all kinds of things, many, many gods. They wanted to make sure they covered all the possibilities because they felt if there was one god that they missed, that god would be angry and do bad things. So they had this statue to the unknown god. They didn't want to even miss one that they didn't know about. Paul proclaimed that that God, that unknown God to them, is the real God. The God, the God of heaven and earth is real. We must worship the one God. We must reach out to him with our heart. Because true worship, correct worship, is from the heart. 
and we need to reach out with our heart because he is not far from any one of us. So as we think about what we worship, do we worship what God wants us to worship or do we worship what's comfortable to us? Do we worship in a way that God wants us to worship or do we worship in a way that's comfortable for us? Do we kind of come, worship here, and then go and, and do what we want to do? How do we worship? What do we worship? The second part is what is our sacrifice? In Malachi chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, a son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father, where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me, says the Lord Almighty? It is you priests who show contempt for my name. But you ask, have we shown contempt for your name? By offering defiled food on my altar. But you ask, how have we defiled you? By saying that the Lord's table is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you, says the Lord Almighty? Now plead with God to be gracious with us. Which offerings, with such offerings from your hands, will he accept you, says the Lord God Almighty? Oh, that one of you would shut the temple doors so that you would not light useless fires on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord Almighty, and I will accept no offering from your hands. God is saying here, I don't want your sacrifices. Your fat sacrifices mean nothing without it being from the heart. Malachi pointed out that they were not giving the best in their sacrifice. When God said, I want you to sacrifice to me, what did he say? He said, I want the firstborn, without blemish, perfect. I want the best that you have to give. But they were offering the stuff that they would call out of their flock anywhere, the blind animals, the lame animals, the, the ones that were not valuable at all. That's what they were offering to God in sacrifice. And God says, I won't take it. He says, if I'm the father, where is the honor due to me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? You show contempt by only giving the second best. God will not accept second best. Now let's, let's bring this home a little bit. Let's bring it home to us. If you were hired to do a job, Somebody hired you to do a job. And, and you showed up for one hour, two hours of work a week. You gave a half effort for that job. You only half put your heart into it. You did poor quality work. You didn't do what was asked of you. How long do you think you would stay employed? How long do you think the master would put up with that because you were hired to do a job. 
You were hired to do your best. God is saying the same thing to us. He said, I am the master. Where is the respect due me? Where is the honor of me as father? In your worship, your worship needs to be real. I won't accept second best in worship. I won't receive, I won't accept worship that's not from the heart. I won't accept it. It's not worship. In Hebrews, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who, embraced, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Abraham loved God. He loved his son Isaac. But when God said, go sacrifice your son Isaac to me, he didn't even question. He said, God's going to work it out. Abraham offered exactly what God asked. He did not hesitate. He just went and did it. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. When we worship, our sacrifice in worship, our sacrifice of our lives, God asks that we give our bodies as a living sacrifice to give everything, to give that real worship, that real sacrifice. Because everything here on earth is God's. He made us. He made what's around us. He gave us what we have. Everything is God's. What worship what kind of worship are we going to give back to God? Is that worship real worship? So what is our sacrifice? What kind of sacrifice do we give to God? Are we giving God real worship? What is our attitude in worship? In Amos chapter 5, beginning in verse 21, I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are a stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-ending stream. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings forty years in the wilderness? O people of Israel, you have lifted up the shrine of your king, the pedestal of your idols, the star of your God, which you have made for yourselves. 
Therefore, I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is God Almighty. Their attitude in worship was wrong. Their life did not match their religion. When he talks about let, uh, uh, let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream, they were not practicing their religious, their real worship around other people. What they did in their life did not match what they were saying in their worship. They lifted up their king. They lifted up uh, whoever the king was. They lifted up their idols, what they chose to worship. Now that idol doesn't have to be a nice little wooden statue. That idol can be something that we choose to put above God. Anything that we put above God is an idol. And that's what they were lifting up. Their small g God. What was God in their life? What or who was the person that they worshipped and respected most in their life? That's what they lifted up. They worshipped what they wanted to worship. They worshipped how they wanted to worship. Not the way God wanted them to worship. In Psalms chapter 59, but I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. You are my strength. I sing praise to you. You, God, are my fortress, my God on whom I can rely. When we sing, do we sing praising God? Do we sing with our heart saying, talking about God's strength? I appreciate the song you led right, right before we started the sermon. It talked about singing and singing God's strength, God's love. Do we sing, do we praise God's love for us? Do we praise and sing about God's protection to us? Do we think about, do we even think about how God protects us day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year? Do we think about how God supports us? God gives us everything. Do we even think about that? Do we offer real worship, real songs, real praise, to God. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. We should be openly professing his name. What does that mean? Is it natural for us to talk about God with other people? Does it come naturally just to, to talk about God and his, his love for us, our, his concern for us, his support for us, his protection for us? Is it natural? Does it come from the heart? When we think about God and when we think about real worship, does it come from the heart? What's in our heart? about God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, 
today and forever. When we think about God and when we think about Jesus, they are both the same in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and forever. God and Jesus are the same. They want the same things from us. Now, we worship in a different way. We worship under a different covenant. God still wants our real worship. When he talked to Judah about worship, he wants that same worship of us. He wants that love. He wants the devotion. He wants the praise. And he wants the sacrifice from us. Are we offering real worship? So this morning, when we think about real worship, do we worship God? Or do we worship what we want to worship? Do we worship God the way he wants us to? Or do we worship God the way we want to? What is our sacrifice? Is our sacrifice to God a living sacrifice from the heart? Is that sacrifice everything? Are we giving ourselves, are we giving our bodies as we giving ourselves as a living sacrifice? And what is our attitude in worship? Does our life and our words give glory to God? And is it from the heart? So this morning, my question to you is, is God real to you? Is he real in your heart? Does he have a real effect on your lives? This morning, if you need to confess that you haven't lived up to that, real worship, that you haven't lived up to what God wants from you. You can come forward and the elders will pray with you and, and, and help you to be better for God. If you've not put on God in baptism, if you've not put Jesus on and allowed him to come into your life, you can also take care of that this morning now as we stand and sing. My Jesus, I love thee, I know thou art mine, for
everybody here. We'd like to have you come back tonight and worship with us. We'd sure enjoy having you. Um, in the uh, bulletin, there's just all kinds of information, uh, events that are happening, and it gives you dates and times for all those. Uh, we have, uh, it might seem strange, but we have uh, announcements about Vacation Bible School in here, and Every year I think, boy, this is early to be announcing that. And it's just like in the blink of an eye, it's here and it's gone. So uh, you can see all the uh, information there. On Sunday, March the 12th, um, we'll have our guest speaker, John Paul Shuchecki. And uh, we'll have a fellowship dinner after the service. We were talking about having him speak after that fellowship dinner, but we're not going to do that. Uh, he'll be back on Sunday evening. And uh, hopefully we'll get some time to, uh, to visit with him. So come and, come and hear him and come and eat with us. And uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a good time for everyone. Home groups, March 19th uh, through April the 16th. That excludes April 9th, which is Easter Sunday. Um, we've done that before. We've had that little break in our home groups. So uh, it worked out fine, and, it, and it'll be all right this time. The fall prevention class scheduled for March the 6th to April 24th. Uh, there's a house mill update um, coming Sunday morning, uh, April 16th. Uh, Austin Archie from house mill will be here to give a brief presentation after worship. And on the glass right back there, we've got the uh, current directory posted. And we want you to look at that and check and see uh, if all of your information is correct and if you could add your email address to that, um, just like these uh, videos that we're going to use for home groups, you can get a link sent right to you, and you can watch those, review them before you go to the class, if you get to go ahead and get your email up there. We're working on a, a pictorial di directory again. We haven't done one of those in a long time. So that's the, that's the first step, is just to make sure your information is correct, your phone number, uh, get your email on there and uh, then we'll get that directory put together. So I wanted to read from Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 22. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also the wives ought to be subject to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, 
that he might sanctify her, having cleaned her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body. For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and the two become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I am speaking with reference to Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each individual among you also love his own wife, even as himself. Let the wife see to it that she respects her husband. Let's all bow together. Father, we're thankful for this day you've blessed us with, Father. We're thankful for the warm temperatures you've sent our way and the blue sunny skies. Father, we just thank you for everything that you pour out on us in a daily in a daily way, Father. All of the physical blessings as well as all of the spiritual blessings. We thank you for your son, Jesus, Father, who gave his life for us. And for your Holy Spirit who walks alongside of us and dwells inside of us, for your angels that minister to us, for your word that teaches us, and for this congregation where we can have fellowship with one another. Father, we pray for uh, Anna Cram again, Father. We pray that you would help that the uh, edge would be taken off of the pain. And Father, we just pray that this was, was a successful surgery, that everything will heal properly. Please comfort Kendra and that whole family, Father, and let them know that, uh, that you love them, and let them know, Father, that we care and love them too, Father. And we pray, Father, for uh, everyone that's on our list here, Father, uh, thinking of Nola and Clyde and Penny and just so many others, Father, that uh, you would please bless each one and increase their, uh, their uh, portions of health in their life. Father, help us to use this day in a right way as we go from here. We, we love you. We thank you again for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.